Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Seventh Man Podcast. I'm Will Beverina. I run Diver2K.com and write about the NBA 2K League. I am Josiah, otherwise known as AJ113, and I write about the NBA 2K League for TSN and for Operation Sports. Back for episode eight. You can check out all of our previous episodes on the YouTube channel. As always, we want to thank everyone who has listened to any of the episodes so far. Support is always appreciated. We are finally on iTunes as well as Podbean. So I hope you guys are enjoying that. It's just more convenient because you can't keep the YouTube app open on your phone. So I hope the listening experience is a lot better for everyone. And if you're sticking out on YouTube, then that's just as good. Now, let's talk about week 11. Uh, We all know the playoff race is tight. And while we had a couple more teams clinch their spots this week, there's still a lot to be decided, and a lot of teams are still in it. Crazy stuff this week with the weather again. Second week in a row that weather has affected games. And this time, the league actually had to delay games until week 12. So we only had seven games this week, which, of course, doesn't help any with trying to clarify the playoff picture. And there are going to be three games on Thursday this week. But, of course, that still means some big games did go down. Like I said, two more teams clinched, 76ers and Pistons. And there were plenty of other games vital to the playoff race. And one of those was Celtics Gaming versus Cavs Legion. Neither team could clinch or be eliminated in Week 11, I believe. But a win was vital for both teams. And Celtics Gaming came out with the win, 74-61, the final score. What did you see in this game, Josiah? The first thing that you have to look at is the gutsy lineup change from the Celtics, bringing in palm oil, please, to play some defense down low in the paint on a sharpshooting rim protector in place of pure sharp Speedbrook. Uh, And it definitely worked. It was tailor-made to fit the offensive style uh, that the Cavs prefer. You know, they, they really wanted to get a lot of paint mashing going, even though they did come out with a pure rim protector at center. Um, but Arsenal was really able to limit Hood to, I believe, eight points, and Palm Oil Please did his job as well against God of 2K. Um, anytime you shut Hood down in that fashion, shooting 4 of 11 for, as I said, eight points, uh, you, you've done a good job. And the Celtics, they were kind of rusty uh, in the beginning. You know, Palm Oil was, was getting his feet under him. He hasn't played in a little while. And the offense wasn't running as efficiently as it usually does, but they got it under control for the second half, came out with a, a huge, huge win. The Celtics have um, some of the best tiebreakers in terms of head-to-head for the playoffs. And they're, they're one of the hotter teams. You know, they're coming off a, a really big win. They needed this one. The Cavs have, have not looked the same, uh, I think, with Hood at, the, at power forward as good as he is and as good as he can be, they haven't looked the same. And the Celtics played like they needed it more in the second half. And they did, and they got the win as a result. Should we talk about Hood? Because, I mean, this is, uh, since the ticket, really, he hasn't really been playing up to what we know that he can play. Uh, They've moved him back to power forward. Of course, he was at small forward during the ticket. Now, (laughs) Josiah, we're both on the record as being not big fans of the shot crank slasher five out. Should the Cavs go back to that? 
I I hate to say it, but I think they should. And that's because Hood still plays with the mentality of the shot-creating slasher. He yeah. likes to be aggressive on offense. He likes to drive, but at the power forward, he doesn't have the same kind of abilities and capabilities that he does on the shot-creating slasher. And while I still don't think teams can really win so consistently with a shot-creating slasher, especially against good defensive teams, having him on the shot-creating slasher allows other teammates to return to some of their more normal uh, roles on the team and you know allows the Cavs to unlock one of the most dynamic scorers in the league. And I'm not sure why they're limiting him in a sense because he definitely has a score-first mentality. But the more plays they've run, you know, that takes the ball out of his hands or gives other teammates the ability to be open to score. And if he's still on the shot-creating slasher mentality where he's score, 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 that detracts from their overall offense. And I think they can't have that at this time of year. They must win next week. And the way to do that, I think, is by returning him, much as I hate to say it, to the shot-creating slasher. Now, it's hard to say if we're going to see that because Sick did tweet out that he's returning to center for Week 12. And I think in a, he's played center before this season, I'm pretty sure. And it's yeah, usually and been... he was drafted as center. Right. Way back when. But he uh, he started out the season as a power forward, maybe, in the tip-off? I can't remember. That was so long ago. But I think when he's been a center in the regular season, he's been like an inside center back when the the you know the pure rim protector and rebounding athletic finisher was the the big thing down low with the center and the power forward so who knows what that means for what the Cavs are going to run in week 12 yeah i'm not sure what to think about that i i don't i mean i don't think it's a good idea to put hood at point guard he no. did not play particularly well at that position but when he was on it before the patch, um, I don't really see him as a you know a pull up shooter. But we'll see. I mean, they do have their their fair share of versatility, and you can definitely you don't have to worry so much about the point guard penetrating if you're running the shot creating slashes, so they can stick someone there. Um, I mean, Sick is is one of their better players, so you think all right. Is is are they putting him at center to match up against King Cam, which is not the worst idea in the world? Um, but it, you know who are they going to put at point guard to counter control? Would they put turn up defense down there, who's sort of been moving around more in in recent weeks? That could be a possibility. Maybe. I don't know. Like you said, there's a lot of versatility with this team, and and they're one of those teams that switches around a lot. Uh, so yeah, I mean, some some of it is gratuitous lineup changing, which I'm not a fan of. But I mean, they they've lost they've lost a very important game, and they can't afford to lose. If they lose another game, there they can basically count themselves out. Um, so and frankly, you know, they haven't been playing well since the ticket, as you said. They they got blown out by the Raptors, and they beat the Warriors. You know, with some luck, by and by three by the points, I believe, the, by four points, four points, and it was it was closer than the score indicated. You know, they needed a late block to save it after a turnover gave the Warriors a chance to tie, and they only scored eight points in the in the fourth quarter. So 
an anemic offense definitely needs to be rejiggered and and you need some rejiggering of the lineup to uh to take care of that perhaps well i mean the like the the two times we've really seen the the hood five out in full force they made the semifinals of two tournaments so it yeah yeah uh, like proven track record like you said as much as we hate to say it maybe it's the answer uh, i don't know so so what is this this game with the Celtics winning and Cavs losing, but both teams at seven and six. Josiah, you are the spreadsheet uh, playoff scenario permutation guru. What does this mean for both of these teams now that they're at seven and six going into week 12? What, 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 are, the, what are the playoff chances like for both of these teams? Well, thank you. I'm flattered by that uh, <laughs> new, new nickname. But this is an incredibly complicated playoff race. And the irony, of course, is that these two teams are both playing the Magic next week. And the Magic kind of have to be squirming a little bit because these are good teams that they have to play. Um, And they are not guaranteed a playoff berth at all. There are over 8,000 potential outcomes. (laughs) Um, But the Celtics are in better position because the Celtics, I'm going to pull up, my chart here go for the it Celtics have gotten wins over the wizards the raptors and now the Cavs. and so in the second tiebreaker at right in the first tiebreaker really after you know the standard win-loss record right that is head to head and so the celtics are sitting pretty based on that um the Cavs have the better point differential they're at 28 and the celtics are just at 11 um, but if it comes down to between those two teams for the final spot, then it's going to be the Celtics because they've they've won this game. Um, the Cavs have gotten less important wins, still important wins, but they've beaten the Pacers, the Mavs, and the Heat, all of which could come into play. The Mavs are not making the playoffs. I'm just going to say this right now. <laughs> There's They technically, technically can, and they've gotten some big wins thanks to their early season um, excellence. But they're not making the playoffs. They're five and seven. Yeah. You're going to need eight wins to make the playoffs. I'll, I'll say right now, if 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 you're able to, go to Josiah's yeah. Twitter and and pull this sheet up, because it's honestly mind-boggling. Uh, the amount of of different things that could happen, and it's it's really not simple for any one team. Like it's not just win and you're in at this point for anyone, right? Like you, no, you have no, to, it, it, yeah. well, I mean, it, may, maybe the heat with, since they just have so many games to make up. No, no, the heat, the heat, the heat, if the heat beat the Raptors, then we can basically count them. In. If they win two of three, then they have if to they be win in, two right? Three, yes. If they win two of three, they are in. Okay. That is guaranteed. If the heat win two of three, which they should, they ought to, then okay. they will be in. So, that you, is, so you can't win. You can't win just one game next week and be automatically in. You have to have other stuff. No, happen. you you need to be. You need try to win. Try to win two games if you're the Heat and the Magic. Um, that will go. The Heat could still get the second seed. The Heat could <laughs> be this number two seed. We're out of the playoffs entirely. Of course. That that should give you an idea of how insane the playoff qualifying scenarios are. 
um, the the Pacers could still make the playoffs. The Pacers, it, it's remarkable. If yeah. the Celtics, if the Celtics beat the Magic and other stuff happens, and the Pacers win out, which which they could, they're playing the Warriors, the Kings, and Blazer Five, who I think we might see a little Week Seventeen NFL playoffs already qualified sort of thing from them. Yeah, the Pacers could make the playoffs because they beat the Celtics, but it's just an absolute web and labyrinth of potential qualifications. It took me a long time to, you know, code for who can even get the fourth seed. Who can get the third seed takes consideration because the 76ers beat the Pistons. The Pistons beat the Heat. The Heat beat the 76ers. So... It's just an absolute <laughs> mess, and I don't even know what to call it, of scenarios that could possibly happen. But, yeah, yeah, there, there's a lot a lot going on. We'll, uh, we'll get more into that later. <laughs> Got a little off topic there, but playoffs are crazy. Was The, the spreadsheets get you carried away. Yeah, this man was, <laughs> was deep. In his lab, it's a wormhole. It all is a night, wormhole. Figuring out just <laughs> the literal thousands of possibilities. Uh, so, needless to say, big win for the Celtics because very big win. Yes, th- they needed to win out pretty much. Uh, and uh, bad loss for the for the Cavs, who. After drafting Hood and Sick, a lot of people had them near the top of those pre preseason power rankings. Moving on, though, uh, let's talk about the Pistons against the Magic. Pistons earlier in the day took a blowout loss to 76ers Gaming, which allowed the 76ers to clinch the playoffs. Pistons still had another shot in Week 11 at clinching. All they needed to do was win, and they had that shot against the Magic. Really close game. Up until the very end, Pistons had the lead for most of it, and the Magic were just hanging around, you know, just just kind of not letting it get too far away from them. Uh, Magic even took the lead late. Final score, though, Pistons 66, Magic 65. What happened in this game, Josiah? Well, well let's get it. Ramos showed why he is an MVP candidate. Um, that that's That's the immediate thing. Put up a, a monster double double against very respectable competition. Twenty one points, fifteen rebounds, uh, but really they they just played a lot better than they did in the first game. You know they hit more threes. You know they didn't completely lay lay bricks, as it were. Um, they played better defense. They got the the stop at the end. Um, and what what I was interested in this one was that they started, as I suspected they might, to seed a little more of the offense to Insanity at the shot-creating slasher. Insanity finished with 22 points. I don't know where that ranks in terms of a season, but I did see him get a higher usage rate. He got, he got more touches than he has generally in the Pistons' grinded-out, pick-and-roll-focused offense. Um, and it worked out. They got the win, but I think they're going to need to figure out the right balance for that going forward in the way that the Raptors have figured out for their shot-creating slasher and um, shot-creating sharpshooter combo. 
Yeah, a lot of the things you touched on there that I also wanted to talk about. The first being, it, it seemed like the Pistons played a lot better and, and hitting all those threes. The Magic defense has never been exactly stellar, Josiah, and I've kind of, that's something I've noted all season. Uh, they're just even their half court, their their transition defense uh, isn't great. Uh, Rux was getting open; it seemed a lot on like just simple wraps. And uh, I'm so far ahead, three for three from three. Joseph the Truth hit his lone shot from deep. Rux three for six, so that helps a lot. Uh, and and some of that I think has to do with Nacho, who continues to play over Marley. Which I think I think we both agree that we're not really sure why. Yeah, I mean, what what they say is that Nacho provides the offense and Marley more provides the defense. Uh, I I understand that. I think I'm not sure that Nacho on the shot creating slasher is the right type of offense that fits with what the Magic like to do on the whole. It does give them that secondary scoring option that the Pistons have with Insanity, but the Pistons have a well, you know, they have real identity with their <laughs> I'm so far ahead. I had to drop the buzzword. And it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna come up more, don't you worry. Um <laughs> they have some serious identity and integrity with There it is. With their uh with their pick and roll with I'm so far ahead and let's get a Rama. And I'm not sure that the Magic have that in totality with control and with their big men. The Magic runs some great plays, don't get me wrong. But I think, you know, as as we get more toward the playoffs, um, where defense is going to be even more at a premium, it might not be a bad idea to, to see Marley go out there, especially in a game against, you know, offensive teams like the Cavs and the Celtics, you know, there is a blueprint out there to shutting down the Cavs, and it it's it's with defense first and foremost is what I would say. Um, the Celtics are another matter, but I think you know maybe maybe it's time to put Marley back in there. Um, but yeah, no, I I see what you're saying about Nacho. Um, it, it's a question of that full balance, and the Pistons have it more than the Magic do, and that showed in this game, just because you know they've been playing that way for, for much longer. Well, we can't we can't dog on Nacho too much, because he posterized Ramo. Right, yeah, I, I have I, no, and, no ill feelings toward Nacho. And uh, he posterized Ramo, and then he had the game-tying reverse layup near the end of the game, and yeah. won. How often does that work? Missed, missed the free throw. Yeah, but, um, and then he had a chance to win it, and he had the open lane uh, on the final possession and and passed it up. Uh, That's but, what I'm saying. He he he's not the total I must score mentality right. that say a boo or or a hood has. Nacho has done something no other human being has done before, though, and unified the Twitch chat when he posterized Ramo. Every single person was was posting the Dorito chip and just spamming Nacho in the chat. It was glorious, absolutely glorious. I've I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was beautiful to watch. So, thank you, Nacho, for that. 
But <laughs> on a more serious note, you talked about insanity there. Uh, eight points at the half, I believe, which is fine. But you heard Coach Dev, Dev on the Magic saying that insanity was shook. He was scared. And then uh, kind of ate those words in the second half. They even, they even went into a five out with insanity at one point. And they were running the offense through him plenty. Well, I'm going to butcher this, and we should take this out if I do. What was it that Nas said? Made you look, you know, scared, shook, something like that, something. And that that basically flipped that, and that was insanity. You know, if, if Dev said he was scared, then that clearly a deceptive appearance that resulted in, as you say, they switched to five out started working well we're we're not taking that out no matter what you say i don't care if you butchered it or not but i'm gonna check to make sure i got it right (laughs) it's staying in it's too late but um anyway of course uh devin insanity former teammates on throwdown uh played for 250k together so it was all love but uh watching this game insanity also on defense was covering control and just watching this game i was like i was like man control just like he hasn't gotten it going like he hasn't been all that effective uh ended with 13 points on five of ten shooting two of six from three so he had a hard time against insanity insanity you know Ramo put up some numbers but i think insanity was definitely uh the key to this win for the pistons Yeah, so I had to look. I'm not certain. I, I the major look part is right, but let's 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 just say that insanity had a good game. And as you say, he started to play some on ball defense with on ball defense, which all of a sudden has become de rigueur for um, shot creating slashers. I don't popular. You're gonna have to. It's it's okay. it, it, it's the new craze. No, what um, is de rigueur? It's in fashion. It's we're not, a la We're not all Ivy League guys, Josiah. You're going to have to explain to us simple folk. <laughs> it's... All right, I was going to go off on a long rant that... All right, but whatever. You know what? Basically, <laughs> authentic African played a lot of on-ball defense even when he was on the shot-creating slasher. Yeah. And I praised them for it and it's in an article I wrote for OS that's still backlogged for but um but all of a sudden you saw guys like Insanity and Boo Painter most most notably and most importantly playing on ball defense on the shot creating slasher with great success. And I and I noted somewhere that the size is is right when teams run the pick and roll against it. Because you have the ability to switch on to the bigger guy, because you have the size of the shot creating slasher, small forward. But at the same time, generally you're running the slashing stretch five, which has an extra step that can hang a bit more with the opposing point guard in the pick and roll than can a slower footed center. So I, I think that's a great trend that shows more responsibility on, you know, the other side of the ball from the shot creating slasher. I really like it. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, we've said before, it's shotgun slash is just a do it all build. So, of course, it can defend, especially with 
these these point guards now in that uh, shock rank sharpshooter build, which has been one of you know the keys to like Adam's recent resurgence, and you see a lot more point guards switch into that. It's it's been pretty effective, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, even more teams doing it from here on out. Yeah, um, I would like to qualify my previous attempted quote okay. with saying that both parts of what I tried to quote have been on the NBA 2K soundtrack at times. And so that is where I got it. And yes, so there is what connection to NBA 2K. That does not mean I quoted it correctly. That just means there is a rationale to it. Uh, we're still on this, huh? I, I mean, once you once you get down the spreadsheet wormhole, you can start to go down wormholes in general. Josiah has actually lost his sanity from the NBA. Insanity. Insanity. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to the rest of week 11. Uh, let's talk about the rest of these games. Not quite as in depth as we just went, though. Uh, Knicks gaming ninety four, Jazz gaming eighty seven. I, I so so there was a media availability periscope for um, media who couldn't make it to the studio. Yes. and I didn't get I didn't get to make it at the last second though. I know you were there, and you should you should talk about it a little bit. I was, but I did I did send their media con- like the the media contact that the league has, who is very nice. I sent her a couple questions in advance um, because I've watched the league long enough that I kind of know what's going to go on. And so we knew that there was going to be one player made available from the winning team. And so I said, if the player is Adam or Goofy, get them to talk about the pick and roll, which Jeff Eisenband actually asked about. But that is the Knicks bread and butter at this point. And they should continue to ride it because it is lethal with Adam shooting and with Goofy rolling. Yeah, uh, Goofy doing Goofy things. 24 points, 16 assists, or 16 rebounds. Sorry. That would have been Goofy indeed. <laughs> I'm Adam the first. Uh, not quite the... He, he didn't have a great shooting performance, but he still ended up with 31 on 25 shots. But uh, 21 assists, so... Uh, a decent product of that pick and roll and uh you know having idris helps as well but jazz gaming eliminated from the playoffs third overall pick yeah i compete out of the playoffs uh is that how surprised are you to see the jazz not in it um that's that's a good question watching the league it's it's not all that surprising um I mean, they didn't seem to be able to get it to completely click. And you and I both wanted to see him take over the, the scoring role. We, You and I, especially you, wanted to see Compete take over the scoring role more, which um, I don't think we ever thought he did, even when he went on to the shot creating slasher. The drive and kick game with Mr. Slaughter kind of became readable. And, you know... The defense, 
the defense had a lot of potential, I would say. The defense had really a lot of potential, some very, very good, talented players in there. Um, but it, it just didn't, you know, they were never able to, to strike the right note. They never really got in rhythm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, with a lack gonna, of that, they're out of the playoffs. You're just going to keep doing this all night. Uh, I got to make up. I got to make up for it. <laughs> you, it's like, it's not even with this team, you can even like say it's a pro, like they just, the post patch, like the patch just ruined them. Because I think this kind of started before the patch. Uh, they were five and two, which is really why it's mostly surprising that they were five and two and they looked really good. And that defense you were talking about looked pretty good and the offense looked pretty good. And just a complete and utter collapse. So it, it's it's surprising to me, I would say, because I I, I saw the I, I saw the potential in this team to go pretty far into the playoffs and just didn't happen. Uh yeah, I compete, you know, he picked up the scoring this game, twenty seven points to go along with sixteen assists, just too little too late. Yeah, I'm we we might not see three of the top four picks in the playoffs, and, and then of course the five, six, and seven picks all get MVP nominations. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> Moving on, Wizards District seventy four, Blazer five sixty six. You you must tip your cap to Boo Painter in this one, doing basically all the scoring, and as I said, also playing good on ball defense against Mama Om Dat Man. I think the Blazers are kind of going to let it be the rest of the season and then sharpen up for the playoffs um, because they're in the, they're, they've locked into the one seed you know, before the vast majority of teams clinched a playoff berth. Um, but that does not take away from what the Wizards did in, in a must-win game against still the best team in the league. Yeah, fifty-seven points for Boo Painter. It's you know one of the reasons why he's an MVP finalist. Like you said, Blazer Five. I mean, they're going to be trying to win, but it's like, can you really say that there isn't maybe something deep down that's like you know we have the first seed. We don't we don't have to go all out just yet. There's something to be said about carrying momentum into the playoffs and all that, but. Uh, I mean, it's it's not like they got blown out. It's just, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're not playing a hundred percent right now. Speaking speaking of blowouts, the 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 morning the Saturday morning game was was one. Yes, <laughs> mentioned it earlier. Seventy Sixers GC eighty two Pistons GT fifty eight. The winner of this game clinching the playoffs. And getting the inside track at the number two seed. Also true. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the 76ers started started well, got better. Um, New Dini and ZDS dropped the lights out. Uh, Radiant did not, which is something we should keep an eye on. Um, but this was a good, good back to back to what worked game for the 76ers and you know, they held a not-great offensive team to what a good team should hold a not-great offensive team to. Yeah, I said it last week where I was like, uh, when, when the 76ers beat the Grizz, 
where I was like, I think we're starting to see a little bit of that vintage 76ers, like that pre-patch 76ers when, you know, they were the clear-cut second-best team and uh, all that. And I I think we're continuing to see it, Josiah. Like you said, Radiant, not shooting all that well, but still 17 assists, which is, you know, what Radiant does. But ZDS, finally showing out again. He's been quiet for a while because people people picked up on what ZDS can do. Five of nine from three for 23 points. And uh, like I said, I I think... Uh, are the 76ers back? Like I, It almost feels like people over, started overlooking this team just because they lost a couple times after the patch. They are still very much a threat to win the championship. A, a threat indeed. I, I think they are. I think they're going to really show it again uh, next week uh, against the Jazz. Um. I think they are back indeed, and I think teams should should really, really do their their film study against this team. Yeah, uh, big win for the 76ers, like I said, clinch the playoffs for them. Uh, next game, Bucks gaming seventy two, Warriors gaming sixty three. Josiah, I can now reveal that this is the game that quantifiably had had and will have the least impact on the playoffs in weeks 11 and 12 as as determined by the numbers um i mean good to see the bucks win you know you know good to see the bucks win yeah but question for you and we may have talked about this early on in the day in the first days the early days of the the seventh man podcast it may have been, i it may not have been i may not have been talking about it with you but i talked about it at least a long time ago um coaches better to have an nba background coach or a 2k background coach uh as, as great as as tommy has been and has ha- as underrated in a sense as the warriors have been you know much better than their record shows i would say just since they've you know lost by very very they've lost very very close games by very very few points um is it is it better to have a 2k coach than a nba coach um, it's, it's obvious to say you prefer something in the middle, like a, a Jeff Terrell type for the 76ers who has that 2k knowledge and was also a D one point guard, I believe. Uh, if I had to choose between the two, it's tough to say it, it, it depends on how much preparation. I think it's, it's easier to teach an NBA coach how 2K works than it is to teach a pure 2K guy the ins and outs of basketball. And another guy who's somewhere in the middle of a basketball guy and a 2K guy is Cody Parent. And the Pacers run a lot of really interesting stuff with those off-ball screens. Oh, it's, so nice. it's so nice. Josiah loves Pacers gaming. but <laughs> um, I, I as, as a staunch media person, I, I am not willing to divulge my preferences about certain teams but i will say that if you are not a 2k person and you are a a basketball person and you want to watch the nba 2k league you should first watch pacers gaming games that is all i will say yes so you know tommy like there's there's potential there I i think he just he needed to learn 2k and that's something he's gonna have to work on 
in the off season, but the the best schemes that we've seen in this league come from the guys who are somewhere in the middle, who who know their two K and grew up on basketball, playing basketball, and know basketball. So, uh, like I said, maybe, maybe I, I think I, I do think it is easier to take a basketball guy and teach him two K though. All right, fair enough. Can't argue with that. Yeah, I definitely agree that it's it's better to have someone right in the middle. Um, but I think the 2K guys have had more success in Season 1 at least, but yes. that does not necessarily guarantee that they will have you know the same proportion of success in Season 2. Yeah, there are a lot of variables there with that as well. So it's it's not like... It's, it's not, uh, you know, there's... There's a correlation, but it's not exactly causation, you know? Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> As you can tell... It's a little causation. It's a little causation. A little, but not not too much. As as you can tell, this, I mean, it's a Bucks and Warriors. Literally zero implications to this game in a league where there are like 8,000 different scenarios for the playoffs. So, shall we move on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last game of the week. Uh, Raptors Uprising 72, Grizz Gaming 69. I can divulge as a staunch media person that I am glad the Raptors won this one because TSN likes the uh, the Raptors stuff um, for their eSports hub, which of which I am essentially the sole provider. <laughs> and so it is good for me that the Raptors won. Um, all hell Trey is a really good on-ball shot creating slasher stopper. Um, and as, as I continue to say, the Raptors have struck a, a rare good balance between their shot creating slasher and their other offensive playmakers, namely T.S. Josh at point guard. Um, they they have that balance is what has propelled them in the aftermath of the patch, and this is a team. Lest I remind you, that was one in five because of an excruciating schedule, um, and now they're they're right back in it. And you you just wish they would have won one more game early on, so as to you know have a, a less crazily imbalanced schedule. Um, but what can you do? They they got a big win. Continue to uh, they they continue to mess up the playoff implication chart. Um, tough tough for the Grizz to to go down. They had two chances to hit a late three, couldn't couldn't get it to go. Um, man, the Grizz. You know, we should we should devote a whole podcast to the Grizz, so I won't <laughs> go go in depth on them now. Um, but but for the second for the second straight week, I believe, or the second time. Uh, the team that got their flight delayed and had to play a game a day later has won. You know, the, the Pacers played a day later against the Celtics and blew them out of the water after their flight was delayed. Um, and so this could be a, a scare tactic for, for teams in the playoffs, if need be. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I, 
Note, I do not endorse that as an actual tactic. I, I, I do not endorse that. Do at I all. need to alert TSA? Uh, anyway, Grizz Gaming eliminated from the playoffs, which is we like the Grizz just because you know they showed a lot of heart and determination this season. Uh, just because everyone hated them and thought they were awful and was mad because they wished they were in the league instead of Grizz Gaming. Let's just call it like it is. But Grizz Gaming fought back. And, uh, you know, it, it's not the result they wanted, but they could still, you know, they, they don't have to hang their heads. And no, no, not at all. They, they were 5-6 and six at one point. Everyone was writing them off before the season. Yep. They they were five and six, and you know their last two losses have been tight, tough ones, and they they found one of the best players in the league. Yes, and not every team can say that. Teams have less to show for worse records, so the Grizz, as you say, can absolutely hold their heads high. Yeah. As for the Raptors, like you said, seven and six, brutal schedule, but you know, you could argue you you got to beat the best teams in the league eventually if you want to win. The uh, the championship. Yeah, they'll 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 have they'll have to beat Heat Check next week to uh, have a shot at the playoffs. Yeah, but you know it it is a bit unfortunate because they hadn't quite found their identity and what they wanted to do when they had to play all those really good teams. So a little unfortunate there, but uh, yeah, started out one and five. They're now seven and six, which is uh, kind of crazy. So they're right in the mix. Uh, what are I guess since we're done with week eleven, pretty much. What let's you like I said, you're you're the spreadsheet guru, Josiah. We have how many teams? We have four teams that are seven and six, and then Pacers gaming at five and six. Uh which of those teams, which of those six lost teams do you think has the best shot at making it right now, considering all the head to head matchups? The Celtics are, are up there for me. They're going to be playing the Magic, um, who are going to be on their second uh, game of the day. They're, they're a very talented team. They've made two finals in two of the three midseason tournaments. They're, they have a lot of talent. They're coming in off a win. They've got the tiebreakers at, the, at their back. So I think they're going to be one of the seven and six teams that makes it. But it's likely that another seven and six team makes it as well, and or or another six loss team even, and I, I'm going to say the Wizards because the Wizards have probably the best player uh, among the seven and six teams. Who do the Wizards play? The Wizards have their final game against the Knicks, Ooh. who have already clinched the playoffs. They're still a very good team and a very capable offensive team but i like what the wizards did against another pick and roll team in the blazers i think boo's gonna come out wanting to win needing to win the entire team will how fired up is demon jt gonna be well um josiah the knicks beat the wizards in the ticket didn't they they did indeed and so they they know but how to defend the five out any, boo wasn't playing any on ball defense in the ticket. Uh, is that um, is that going to be the difference? If Boo plays the way he did last week, yes. Okay. 
because they beat the Blazers. The Blazers are a better team than the Knicks, and the Wizards are going to be wanting it even more. The Wizards don't have great tiebreakers, though, which is the one thing against them. They lost to the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Heat. So they're going to need some help, um, and probably, and they're going to need a little point differential if the Cavs beat the Magic. Um, and, and what's remarkable is that the Pacers have a plus 33 point differential, thanks basically due to their win, their blowout win over the Celtics. Um, yeah. They, they have three games left, but they're a plus 33. Um, their tiebreakers aren't, aren't great, though. The only thing going for them is that they beat the Celtics, but they, they really need to win out. You know, against the, the two bottom feeders and the team on top, so... It's going to be a very, very interesting week for them. It's mixed bag there. Uh, and your favorite team, Mavs Gaming, who I assume oh, oh, oh. you oh, think oh, is going to oh. make it. Funny. Funny. <laughs> Did I not already say on this podcast that the Mavs are not going to make the playoffs? There's there's a shot. Isn't it literally like they have to win and then like the next yes. like six teams all have to lose or something? So what... What the Mavs need is two wins against the Bucks and the Kings. I'm not sure that they're going to get two wins, first of all. That's that's the prerequisite. <laughs> then they need every single six-loss team to lose. Every single one. Hmm. Except, I mean, maybe one can win. If If the Cavs win... Yeah, all right, fine, fine. If the Cavs win, if the Cavs beat the Magic, and then the Magic beat the Celtics, and then the Wizards, Raptors, and Pacers all lose, the Pacers, you know, lose uh, two or three games, then if the Mavs have won both games, then they can make it in, and they will need, um, I think, point differential help. In ter- in terms of, let me find which team, because they beat the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Heat. So if the Cavs win, yeah, they would need point differential help over the Wizards. So there's a chance. So they're, yeah, they're, they're 12 points below the Wizards, but there is technically a chance. Technically. Give me... They're not making the playoffs. Give me, give me the odds of Mavs gaming clinching a playoff spot. One, I haven't finished all eight thousand plus outcomes yet, but the odds I would say are about one in sixty-four or one in one twenty-eight. One in sixty-four. I was thinking like one in one in like. 50,000. All right, we can do the math, hopefully. You know, they have to win. Right. Let's take their This, their this isn't more. a math podcast, but not, not yet. I, here, you talk. I'll do it quickly. You talk. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, what, we're like, because we're, we're talking about these six loss teams. It's still not guaranteed that Heat Check at seven and four and Magic Gaming at seven and five makes it in. Especially Magic Gaming because they have two tough games. So, 
what do you what do you think of I guess the Magic's chances and the Heat's chances? Okay, so the numbers for the Mavs, first of all, are more like um, two fifty six or five twelve, considering the Pacers have to lose multiple games. Um, but the Magic have a respectable shot. Um, they could get as high as the four seed um, with some help from teams playing heat check, but they do need at least a win. Um, and their their tiebreakers aren't great. What, what's going for them is that these are their games against the bulk of the six lost teams. They beat the Pacers and the Mavs. Who cares about the Mavs? <laughs> Um, but they lost. They lost to the Wizards. Those, those are their only tiebreakers so far. But they're they're playing two teams in the all important games. Um, so they have to they have to beat Cavs. I think that is should be their utmost priority. Um, but if they lose to the Cavs, then then they must 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 win uh, against the Celtics. Especially considering they're. I mean. <laughs> Even if they if if they win only one, they're not in all that great shape because they are their point differential is the only negative point differential among teams still contending for playoff spots. They're minus thirteen. Everyone else is plus something. So they they really need to beat the Cavs and then ideally beat the Celtics as well. Oh. I don't know. I like. I don't know what else to, what else to talk about here. There's, there's, there's so much going on. We we could probably just talk all night. Does does anything could. during your extensive research, did did anything really jump out, uh, about different scenarios or chances or anything crazy? So I think there are what what jumped out at me was just again the craziness of everything, but also the teams who hold a lot of power in this race, and the teams who hold a lot of power are the oh. Kings, who play three games against teams contending mm-hmm. for the playoffs. They play the Mavs, they play the Pacers, and they play the Heat, <laughs> um, and. So the the Kings could do they some could ruin damage some in this one. They could ruin a number of seasons, technically. Wow. Um, and they have, you know, they play the very last game of the regular season against the Pacers, which, if the Pacers have won, could be a huge game. So they're they're a team with serious serious um, power. Yeah, the Magic, the Magic as well, just because they play two games with. Huge implications. If they only, if the Magic only played one game, it would have huge implications. But they played two against two teams who are neck and neck. And then the final team that could screw everything up for me and, and my scenarios and just throw everything into chaos is the Heat, who play three games against the Kings, the Raptors, and the Grizz. All teams, they are ranked above. They should beat the Kings. They should beat the Grizz. 
They should also probably beat the Raptors, but the Raptors are a very good team. And if the Raptors win, they are going to be big trouble for a lot of people. Um, because the Raptors have won some games against the Wizards and the Cavs. And if they beat the Heat, too, that's, in, that's some very good head-to-head tie-breaking. Um, if the Heat lose two games, everything is going to descend into madness because then they will be right back into the field with all the other teams. Right now, they're kind of above it because it's expected that they'll you know, win a, two games probably and clinch playoff berth pretty, pretty easily. But if they, if they go one and two, everything is going to be insane. Yeah, the, the Kings play two games on Thursday because they had a doubleheader in Week 11 and, and they couldn't make it. Then they have to wait all the way until the last game on Saturday to play the Pacers. And uh, a lot of stuff's going to go down with all of that. Uh, Josiah, what are, please tell me, what are the odds that a playoff spot comes down to a coin flip? The minimal, minimal, absolutely minimal. <laughs> coin flip is um, the fifth. It's, it's the last, the last tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, and and thankfully there's another level between point differential and the coin flip, which is total points scored. The I I put up a list of you know every single current primary tiebreaker um and so basically you know it's a it's a chart where you can see if the magic beat the raptors and if the Cavs have a better point differential than the wizards and 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 whatnot um and point differential is the farthest down the tiebreaker list it goes um and the only teams who are really close in terms of point differential are the warriors and kings at two and and minus two um, but yeah, you, you don't really have to worry about a coin flip because it'll total points are, are not going to really overlap. I haven't calculated it. Um, I hope I don't have to, but yeah, a coin flip is, is really, 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 really unlikely. You say that, but with the way this season has gone, well, it'll come down to a coin flip. If the Mavs have a realistic <laughs> shot at making the playoffs, you would love that. If the Mavs I got in on a coin flip, go you nuts. Absolutely nuts. Just a giant middle finger to all of your calculations <laughs> and your spreadsheets yep. and your yep. math. Everything. Everything. I, I almost want that to happen now. Just to see what, like, the mental scarring. That would take place. Now, now you're just making me uncharitable and hoping you know they lose their their very first game. <laughs> kind of rooting for this now. Kind of rooting for this now. Pull it out, Mavs. They they gotta win too. First yeah, of all, I mean, they who could. says they it's... won't? <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Uh, it's made me think. It, it made won't me happen. Think. It won't happen. But uh, there are 
so many things we could talk about with these playoffs. Uh, Josiah, I don't know. If you have any specific questions, hit up Josiah on Twitter. I'm sure he could give you anything your heart desires when it comes to all these scenarios. But uh, Josiah... As long as as long as anything is nicely color coded spreadsheets, yeah. yeah, that's that's about the extent of it. Uh, but if that's what you're looking for, you come obviously. to the right place. Uh, Josiah, anything else you want to talk about? I'm talked out. I mean, we should <sighs> awards. Do you want to talk about awards should very we? briefly? I no. I... All right, look, we'll tell people to go vote. Vote. Don't it's important. wait. Wait. When, when does when does the vote. voting end? The eleventh. Do the 11th, not vote yes. until the last minute. Right. This is this is true because Hotshot will get screwed there over is, if there is no reason up. that they should have put these awards out the week before. No. The finals. The no. final week. Uh, because a week is a long time in this league. And a lot could change. Long time. Long time. Um, but in the meantime, you should do your research on the awards. You should watch some of the plays of the year. Yes. Nominees. Do your research. I mean. And then go for it. Play of the year is tougher than the MVP pick to me at this point. To you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And... I would hope so to, to most people, but that that's not how the human side works. I kind of feel like we're we're on a different page here with with our MVP picks. I kind of feel like we are. Really? I kind of do. Well, maybe I don't know. Well, since since the media doesn't get any True. special voting, I mean, I guess I can talk about it. Who'd you I, vote I haven't for? voted yet. No, because I'm a responsible voter. Nor, nor have I. I still have an article to write about evaluating the MVP candidacy, but I know exactly who I'm voting for. I think I know for. who you're voting for. Is it the who guy who you've been saying all season? I've been saying about a lot uh, of guys all season. You're mentioning one guy a lot. about a lot of guys. I think. Did I compare him to a certain... NBA player. I I don't know. Well, then clearly you have no idea who I'm voting for. <laughs> Do you want me to guess? Or are you going to tell me? I mean, you only have five options. But... Wow. Uh, that's not really. It. And that is that is the person I compared to a rich man. Oh, uh, I do Al remember Horford. that now. I mean... Rich man's Al Horford doesn't exactly move the needle for you know my memory banks. He's turned into more. He's turned. He's turned into when he was on the when he was at center and power forward. Uh, so if you're not taking hot shot, I gotta assume you're taking walnut. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a tough cut. And I, I don't like the fact that there's another MVP candidate yeah. from his team. Um, but I think the Blazers have been defined all season by their paint play and their defense. 
um, and Walnut is is that, and is probably I think the yes. best two way player in the league yes. for, for a big man um, at the very least, and they are the best team. They've shown the most consistency. Um, they've won a tournament. Uh, it, it he ticks too many boxes to to not vote for. Um, even though, again, he has had more help uh, in terms of elite-level help than his other uh, candidates. Um, and, you know, if, if Boo had started playing on-ball defense, primary on-ball defense, a couple weeks ago, and if the Heat... <sighs> I, I will be honest, Hotshot yeah. was probably my number two. Um it's very tough to not vote for him um, because, as you said, I've been a big fan all season and I continue to be a big fan. Um, but, you know, maybe if, they've had, if they'd had more success in tournament play. Um, look, hot tr- look if, we had, if we had an offensive player of the year, who would I vote for? That's the question. That is an excellent question that I pose to myself. It probably would be a shot creating slasher, even though, Ugh. you know, I would. I, I like. I like people. I would who feel disgusting voting for that. But I, I think I would for someone. I wouldn't vote for Hood because I think a hot shot, for example, is just yeah. better at distributing the ball on offense, and is actually a, a very good distributor of the ball. It certainly helps that they can run. A number of three-point shooters, and but, Hood was gone for so long, which it, it wasn't his own right, fault, right? And that's why it's that's why just, I have no qualms. That's why I have no qualms yeah. about him not being a uh, candidate. But yeah, I mean, Hotshot. Yeah, I, I think he he does a little bit more, and then I guess if we're comparing shot creating slashers, does a little more than Boo, and the Heat run a bit more complex system than what uh, the Wizards are doing. Yes. Yes. And the Heat play have, yes. have played better defense. And the Heat, in consequence, are have yeah. a, a better, better winning team. percentage. All which is to say, it would be nice to have another yes. week to... You know, because if Hotshot if Hot absolutely dominates for three games, then That's I the think thing. I would vote it's for like him. It's that there like there's just no reason to, to do it like this. And uh, right. it's dicey with the fan vote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thankfully, it's only a third. Uh, but I will, I will sleep yeah. easy with my walnut vote. A walnut. And, well, who are you voting for? Yeah, it's. Yeah. yeah, he's just he's been doing it all season. All season. All season long, from the very first tip. And uh, the Blazer Five, I think, uh, according to Two K Analytics dot com, I think they're first in both offensive and defensive rating. I could be remembering that wrong, uh, but he has a lot to do with both of those things. So, yeah, he he leads the league, I, if I recall correctly, yep. in rebounds and blocks, and rebounds are something and an like second in steals in the league. Um, and he hasn't been on a pure rim protector all year. Right. He's, yeah. he's done he's done it all. 
All right. So. Glad we agree. <laughs> uh, what What are the other ones? Play of the year? What What? You told me this. What's your play of the year? Why don't you tell the fans? So, play of the year. I I love that the animation that King Cam royalty got from Steez when he absolutely yes. posterized him. Um, we have not seen that animation since. And, you know, if the Grant monster shot had been a game winner, I would have picked that. If if the toxic three-pointer way back from the tip-off had been a buzzer beater, that would have gotten serious consideration. But just because the animation was so absolutely incredible um, that King Cam got it. I that, listed that, the, I that dunk as either, I, th- I think... I can't remember if it was dunk of the tournament or play of the tournament after the tip-off. Uh, so it, we haven't seen that animation since, which was why it's special, I think. But it, I really have a hard time between that and the alley-oop. And uh, what's the other one? What's what's the... Boo. Uh, boo, uh, boo, double put, ugh, yeah. It's hard. It really depends on like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what it depends on. It's just like the the cowboy one. You know, no one. He just came out of nowhere, and he jumped over someone. No one thought that alley oop was going to him, and he just comes up with it. The boo one is, you know, takes more stick than the alley oop or or an animation. But then the animation we got with the King Cam was just like something never seen before and never seen since. Here's what I'm thinking um, about the King Cam versus the alley Think Think about the very famous um, punt return by Antonio Brown in which he absolutely levels the Browns punter, yeah. Spencer Lanning, I believe, with a flying kick. We wouldn't remember that play if, if Brown had just gone and taken it to the house for a touchdown. We wouldn't remember it at all because it was a steal <laughs> against Browns. the Browns, and that's what happens. But the sheer fact that he hit a punter with a flying kick is what is so memorable, and that's kind of what I compare the King Cam um, poster to. Steve's lying on the floor for about 10 minutes, it, it seemed. Yeah, that's that's sort of the comparison there. I don't know that 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 one I have not decided yet, and it's it's just going to be, it might just be an impulse decision when I'm filling out the actual uh, ballot. But I think we both agreed as well that we think it's a good thing that players choose the defensive player of the year, just because I don't think there's any way the fans would get that right. Yeah, uh, the players definitely know yes. definitely know better than we do yes. on this one. Uh, the other ones, sportsmanship and community. Eh, <laughs> we can't. I don't know. I mean, they're important, but I'm not going to lose sleep trying to decide those. Coach of the Year is an interesting one, though, and that one is definitely one where you need to see the full season before choosing that. Because we don't even we don't know yes, half of the playoff field, and you're expecting people people to pick coach of the year, right? 
it's it's going to make a huge difference if the if the Pacers if the Pacers win out and if they make the playoffs or not if they win out Cody will have taken the Pacers oh four. from 0 oh and 3 to an 8 0 oh and 4 and some embarrassing tournament losses as well to a 8 and 2 finish and that would deserve yeah. uh, a consideration that would deserve consideration um but yeah and coaches who've come in in the middle of the season fine good that's helped your team yeah it doesn't get you coach of the year. You get, yeah. you get coach of the year. For That's the another year, one so. not left up to fan vote. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how the teams vote. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping the teams, because um, that one is 100%. Each team just votes for one coach. And that's that's how the award is decided. I'm hoping that teams are waiting as long as they possibly can before doing that. But who knows? Uh, the the fans certainly aren't waiting, which is really disappointing. But hopefully, lesson learned, I guess. There's always yeah, next year. There's always next year. Um, well, is that it then? Is that everything? Yeah, we've 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 prattled on. We've we've made you yeah, listen. Yeah, if, if you listen to this entire thing, now, probably. I mean, geez, let us know if you listen to this entire podcast, because I'd like to shake your hand. Uh, Josiah, tell everyone where can they find you and all of your content. can find me on the TSN Esports Hub and other TSN hubs. You can find me on Operation Sports. Um, you can find me on the uh, the Big Blue Bird at AJ113 underscore OS. Um, and if you follow this path to me there, then I, I guess... I gotta do it. It's just oh, gonna. No. It's just, it'll. What are you doing? You know, round out the podcast, and I'll I'll have made you look. <sighs> you can find me on Twitter at Will Beverina, B E V E R I N A. I run the Dimer two K Wrong with this one. You can find Dimer on Twitter <laughs> at Dimer two K. Uh, <laughs> uh let's let's just end the podcast on that. Goodbye everyone. <laughs>